Hello and welcome to Power Through Healing, the podcast created to support your inner evolution. I'm your host, Amanda Thomas. Today I have another incredible interview to share with you. I sat down with Cody Kreutz. He is this amazing storyteller. He is the co-host with his wife, Melissa, of We Are the Stigma podcast. He actually just celebrated nine years of recovery from alcohol addiction and opioid usage, and now he is answering that call within him to share his healing journey with others. And this was such a powerful conversation. We touched on so much. We talked about overcoming that guilt and shame from our past. We spoke around aligning with our soul's purpose. He shared a little bit about his own spiritual awakening. And I really wanted to bring him on because Cody embodies what it really means to be a creator in our modern world. He is using whatever tools that he has and whatever resources are available to really share himself and speak to others and let everyone know that no matter what you're going through, you are not alone. I do want to give a little bit of a disclaimer. Cody does talk briefly about when he tried to take his own life. He does get into what it was like at his rock bottom with his addiction issues. And so if you feel like maybe you're not quite ready to hear that, I would say skip this episode for now. And otherwise, let's go ahead and just dive right in. So Cody, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me on. I, you know, I love a chance to talk about a good heal. I love having a good healing session, talking about its spirituality. So I've been really looking forward to it. Thank you for inviting me to come on. Absolutely. I am all about self-empowerment and self-love and compassion. And I know that it's a huge thing for you as well. And you have a really um, colorful past, I should say. And mm-hmm. so I love your stories on TikTok, especially. I will watch your page for an hour before I oh, realize it's you. time to get all up here. Mm-hmm. It's time to do something a little bit more productive. But the messages that you are sharing, the stories that you're not afraid to share is so, so awesome and so helpful to so many people, more than you can even realize, I'm sure. And so I would love to just have you introduce yourself to the listeners and share a little bit about your story, your healing, your awakening, and what that, how that got you to where you're at today. Yeah, I love that. So yeah, mine is to kind of give you a quick rundown of my childhood. I had a very stable childhood, very loving parents. Um, I had no real big T trauma as they call it. I was very blessed and very privileged, you know, but I always had a really inside. I was always very insecure and I never liked myself. I always felt uncomfortable in my own skin and I was very loved. So I don't necessarily know where that came from, except that I kind of was conditioned or believed in the negative aspects that I would hear, even if they were few and far between. And I would hold on to those instead of the loving aspects that would come my way. So as I was growing up, I was very insecure and needed to be liked. And, you know, that led me to substances, It led me to alcohol Um, at a young age. I wasn't like super young, but 15 or 16, I started using that in all social situations. When I would go to parties and stuff, I just felt like I needed to drink because it made me feel comfortable. And, you know, I was confident and people liked me more. So it started becoming this habit. And over the years that started developing more and more and more and to kind of skip you know, about seven years, I started becoming a 24 seven drinker. I just, I just was going down this path of just self-hatred and self-loathing. And I was in a relationship that wasn't really working and I was using alcohol and I was, you know, dropping out of school, college for periods of time. And it was really taking over me. 
And I had a very emotional bottom with that. And when that happened, I didn't really do anything to make myself you know, to heal. I didn't really, all I did was just go to a therapist a couple of times. And then I found pain pills and pain pills were like this light shining down on me that I'd found this magical, you know, formula to live life. I mean, my brain literally, you know, forget that you can get addicted. That stuff. I wasn't going to be that person. I can moderate, I could do this. And within a year's time, I completely destroyed my life. I mean, completely destroyed my life, went through a divorce, you know, lost, I lost my job. I, you know, I was stealing from everyone I know. I was 30 pounds lighter than I am now. And I hated myself. I mean, I, hatred is, is not even a strong enough word. I don't know. I despised myself and towards the end of it, I actually tried to end my life because of so much um, shame and guilt and self-hatred that I had. And, you know, thank the universe, it didn't work. Um, I ended up checking myself into a psychiatric ward for seven days, then to an inpatient for drug and alcohol for 21 days, and then into a uh, sober living for 13 months. And within four or five days of my time in the psychiatric ward, my, I could feel a dramatic shift in my life. I could feel that I was not, I didn't need to be the person I was anymore and that there was a potential for huge change. And I could see the person who I always wanted to be. It was there and it didn't seem out of grasp. And so I, 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 I that's what I, w- I went after it. I went after my recovery. Like I went after the, you know, something that you want more than anything in your life in the world. And I, you know, I just, I didn't want to be that person anymore. And as more people were falling off and going back out and using, I kept getting more days and I couldn't believe it. Like, how is this happening? I'm just unreal. And, you know, I met my wife within 36 days of being in recovery. And then we had had a child within, you know, a year, less than a year in recovery. So that was crazy. We got married. We have two more kids. And to kind of jump on the spiritual aspect real quick, I was very unhappy for a lot of my time in recovery. I, I And I couldn't pinpoint why. And I just was very unhappy. It wasn't like the depression and shame and self-hatred that I had from my addiction. It just felt like something was really missing. So do you want me to keep going and talk about this part? or <laughs> Let's, I let's like pause I, for just a second. Yeah, I'm going There's on so for a much while. There's so much to unpack <laughs> and I love it. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for sharing all of that. So I... I think it's interesting that you just said that you really didn't, you weren't, you still weren't feeling really good or happy during your recovery. Is that what I just heard? Where you yeah. said there was still something missing. So that's interesting to me. I do, I do want to really stress this fact though, that you went years and years and years before you asked for help, before you said, I actually can't do this by myself. And I think that's so important for everyone to hear, whether it is through addiction or anything that you're struggling with, we are not meant to have to handle all of this alone. Yep. There's a lot to unpack there, but I want to finish this then because I know that the second part to the story is bringing in that spiritual component. And that was a big one for me where I feel like first we have to start healing from a human conceptuation, like if that's the word conceptuation, but healing as human and understanding Mm -hmm. what it means to be human, human and understanding the mind and the subconscious and the way that we work and the processes in our mind is connected to our body, all of that. And once we start to figure that out, we still have this feeling again of there's something more here. I feel like there's something more. And that is when I feel like when the timing is right, you have this awakening to what that something more is, which is we're not just human. We're, we're spiritual beings on this 
experience. And that's really all it is, is about experiencing life, letting life happen and unfold and opening yourself up to all of the possibilities and all of the options that are available to us. And so I'm curious what your biggest takeaway then was when you started to have this awakening spiritually and what that even looked like. So, I mean, it was okay. I always need to preface it. It's very important for people to understand that I was an atheist for my adult life and I was proud to be an atheist. So when I went on this journey that led to my spiritual waking, that was a lot, didn't even occur to, it's not what I was looking for. I just, I was tired of hating myself and I was tired of the constant loop of telling myself I'm not good enough and you're, you, you know, you're behind and you suck and, you know, just, uh, just this constant. And I just, and the state of the world had me very depressed. The perception I had of the world was a very negative perception. And I could not focus on any of the positives because all I could do is get lost in the negatives. And so I talked to my wife about it and she's like, Cody, people are happy. You know what I mean? Like people are genuinely happy. You need to search that out. It's just not, it's not going to happen. You need to get ideas. You need to ask for help, which is, if I can just say real quick, the two biggest transformations in my life are when I sought help. Once for recovery and once for my spiritual awakening. Those were the two biggest things. And both of them came from me stepping out of myself and seeing if other people could help me get to where I wanted to get. And so I went on this journey of just trying to be kind to myself, of just not every day beating myself up. And that's all I wanted. I just wanted to be nicer. And for the first time in my life, I was actually open to it, as opposed to thinking it was some foreign thing that I couldn't grasp. I was able to be like, okay, today I'm going to say something nice and I'm going to just see how it feels. And it felt good. And a little bit of time passed. I connected with some people on Instagram. It was very... As I look back on it, it was a very orchestrated universal experience because Mm -hmm. it was guiding me and guiding me and guiding me. And I was open to the process. I was flowing with the process. And I got this amazing book called Good Vibes, Good Life by Vex King. And it talked about stuff in it that a couple of days prior, I'd never would have believed about, you know, law of vibration, law of attraction, things that I thought were foo-foo, ridiculous, but I was ready to receive them. Mm -hmm. I remember laying in my bed with my wife and I, my spiritual awakening started, I, I connected to something that was just unbelievable. Like the answers were, it wasn't just like, you know, maybe this stuff is true. It was like, no, you're, it's time. You're going to be shown now. This is how the universe works. And for a 12 to 14 day period, I felt like I was levitating. It was the wildest experience. I'd never felt so good in my life. I, it, it wasn't even, it was just like this most awe-inspiring experience. And I remember crying to my wife about how, and my wife's like, dude, you don't even believe in God. What are you talking about? You know, she <laughs> thought she was, but she was along for the ride after she saw it. I mean, she was just like blown away because my wife has always been very spiritual. And so that's, that's how my, that's how my awakening happened. Nice. I love that. It, it is always just something that clicks. And I like how you said a few days prior, you would have thought, what the hell is this? Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I, I was very religious. I was literally teaching Sunday school. I was leading youth group on Wednesday nights. And then all of a sudden I was introduced to this new concept of me being the source and letting God live through me. And I'm an expression of life. I'm I'm an expression of God. And my biggest awakening came from a podcast episode where Mm. Neil Donald Walsh was speaking about his conversations with God. And, Mm. and all of a sudden, some of the things that were coming up in that, that conversation 
made me start questioning what I had already believed and well, what does this really mean? And if I'm not needing an external savior, if I'm actually the savior, what does that even what does that mean to everything that I believed up until today? Right. right. And so it gets very, it can be very overwhelming. It can be very mm-hmm. confusing, Absolutely. But, but the profoundness of it, the truth of it is so comforting at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's overwhelming, but, but it clicks so deeply inside of you that you just know this is, this is true. You found Yeah, you found it exactly. And it's like, you didn't it's know being, what the question was, but yeah, it and it's being, an it's being shown to you and it's without any doubt. I mean, it's, it's this knowledge that is given to you and you can never go back because I mean, that is, I mean, that's why we're here and not everyone gets to have one. And you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's so, yeah, it's, it's crazy. What's it's the totally most crazy. important thing that, What's one of the most important things that came from it? Like the the one thing you took away from it the most? Limiting beliefs was the biggest thing I took away from it. That was the biggest takeaway that I, in many circumstances, you know, there are people who don't have as much privilege as me, who are not the ones holding themselves back. It's societal conditions. Mm-hmm. But I know for me personally, I was holding myself back. And the fear of what other people thought of me was holding me back. And I was living a life that I didn't want to live because of what society expected me to do. I was, you know, working at in resort management and I was doing well. And, you know, I, I, I was doing very well at it, but I just, and so I just realized that I was the one holding myself back and I need to start listening to what was in my heart and what has been in my heart since I was young has been the same repeating things to help people to, you know, when I got older, it was like, you know, public speaking, getting to speaking, connecting with people. I've known that I've always had the ability to connect with people, but I never allowed it to come out because I didn't feel worthy. I wasn't sure if I could do it. And I cared about what people thought about me. And after my awakening, I said, I'm not going to do that anymore. There is a purpose for my life. There's a reason why these things keep reoccurring throughout my life. And I keep thinking about them and why they keep getting me so excited when I think about them. Mm -hmm. And instead of pushing them down, I'm going to, I'm going to let them out. Right. I think that's a big one. So I guess my question is, when you started to heal through recovery, I mean, this was years prior to your awakening, right? Yes. Okay. So, so what got you, so just backing up. So what Mm -hmm. got you through that recovery to where it stuck that time, would you say? So, you know, that's a great question because throughout, I mean, a lot of programs in recovery are spiritual programs. And I was part of a spiritual program, but it was not a spiritual program for me. Um, What I did is I started believing in myself to an extent and believing that I could finally do it was a huge turning point for me. So through the first six years of my recovery, I was an atheist. I did not have a higher power. Um, The higher power were people that I wanted to be like that were around me. Those were the people I wanted to emulate. and, And I took their advice and suggestions. And that's how I got through the first six years. And then, you know, but like I said, a lot of it was, especially towards the end, I was very unhappy. My, on paper, my life was amazing. I, you know, I love my wife. I love my kids. I had a job that paid well and I was flourishing, but it was just, that wasn't it. Right. So I love, I love all that because you're saying what got you through was that, that again, reliance on support and other Mm -hmm. people. And then that helped you realize, okay, that means it's possible for me. Mm-hmm. And then I think throughout the years, as you're using all that information, then when you bring in the spiritual component, you all of a sudden have the backing that you need to start taking the action. Does that make right. sense? 
Yeah, Does absolutely. That sound right to you? Yeah, absolutely. It sounds right. exactly I right. Think, I think that's so important. So it comes from the reason I say that my mission is to awaken as many people as possible to the power within themselves is because through that power, that self-empowerment, to me, that equals the belief that I am now capable of creating something new for my life. And then that leads into my, you know, bigger overlying picture of conscious evolution, meaning not only is there more for my life, there's more that I could contribute to this world and to right. others. And you're doing so amazingly good at just simply demonstrating what could be possible for others. Mm. Right. And so that's all we can do. And through this podcast and through what I'm doing in my life and just in general, I just want to make sure that everyone understands it's not always easy. We're not always going to have it figured out yet. There are things that could work for you if you just feel good enough or motivated enough to try. Right. Mm -hmm. Just let yourself love yourself enough to just try and be open-minded to the process too. That was a huge one for mm -hmm. me. Absolutely. Open-minded, staying a little bit flexible. And, and I, I, this is what I was thinking of last night. I was really reflecting on this. Like when I was in my darker days, when I was in my rock bottom moments, when I was really not understanding all this yet, it was really hard for me to see people that were happy, people that were living on purpose, that had a reason to wake up every single day. Mm -hmm. It was very irritating to me. Right. That's the best word I can think is it's irritating. Right. And so I know that there are people that see me and are watching me and listening to me who are not at this place quite yet of receiving this information. Totally. All I can do is speak to you and speak to other people and have everyone else come in to where we can all start to share this story. And we can all understand even in our darker days, we can always say, well, obviously I know that it feels good to feel good. I want to feel good. It's not that I don't want all of that. It's just that I don't know how I yeah. can't put the pieces together. And so there are people listening to this that just don't understand yet how to connect those dots. And what you're doing is you are letting them know that if you just stay the course, if you just set that intention, just that intention of wanting to have more, do more, be more, then it will unfold for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's 100% true. And I can give you kind of a quick example too, because even in my spiritual awakening, I haven't, I, I'm so far from having it figured out. And I've gone through some really like weird spaces in my spiritual awakening. And then when I finally would get quiet and allow myself the process, then that's when things start happening again, right? Like I had my spiritual awakening and I knew instantly, like, well, not instantly, but when I got quiet with myself, that I wanted to get into speaking, right? But I, I, and then I was like, well, I just had my spiritual awakening. Obviously I'm going to be a speaker about spirituality. This is what I'm going to talk about. So I go full force Instagram. I'm doing the quotes of, you know, I'm posting, I'm doing the long captions, <laughs> yes. explaining all this type of yes. stuff. But then over time I started not really connecting with my message because I didn't feel that I was at a place to keep like, quote unquote, teaching people. I, I wasn't necessarily teaching people. I wanted to give wisdom, but I started losing that. And because I felt more, way more of a student than a teacher. So my passion behind it, sorry. And I'm like, well, well, fuck. I was like, well, what, what do I do now? Like I had my spiritual wake. I went again, speaking the thing I thought I wanted to do it about is not working out. And I went through it like a lull, like, you know, what's going on. And I got quiet and I was like, listen, I need whatever it is universe. I, I, I need some guidance. I, I, I need somebody to come into my life to, to help me. A couple days later, this random dude hits me up in, in Instagram 
And he just basically starts, I'm like, this is weird. Like he's like this 19, 20 year old kid. Like, why is he reaching out? But I was like, all right. And he asked me these questions. Like, what are your goals? What do, what do you look to do? Like what? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll answer him. And he's like, well, we start getting this dialogue. Turns out he's this amazing guy. His name's Micah Jones. Check him out on TikTok. Check him out on Instagram. And he wanted to, he saw something in my message and he wanted to take me under his wing. And he's young, but he has like tons of experience. And he to make a long story short. He's like, listen, your message is great, but you need to talk about recovery more. He's like, you're so good with recovery. And I didn't, for so long, I didn't talk about recovery in a public space because I hurt so many people. I didn't want to trigger them when, if I started posting about recovery again. And that was a whole thing that I needed to realize that, well, you, you've made your men's to the best of your ability. Like, are, do you need to be silent about it anymore? And he's like, you should get on TikTok. And he's like, you should just start telling stories. You're a great storyteller. I got on TikTok. I started recovery and I realized that this was it. This is what I should have been doing. I had my awakening to become a public speaker, but this is what it's for. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, I can't tell you the gratitude and fulfillment that I've gotten on. I've been on there for about 10 months. And I'll tell you what, I thought that I was completely starting over that, you know, Instagram was so difficult for me to get one person to join my community. I was like, I'm going to have to do this all over again. But my message has really resonated on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And to have people who I, I can post a three minute long story as opposed to a seven or 12 second long clip and have people watch the whole thing and leave a comment, tell them, thank you. This meant so much to me. I mean, it's just been incredible. Unreal. Yeah. It's been unreal. I'm sure it is unreal. And, and I think that's the difference is that you're speaking from a place of truth and you're speaking because you sincerely want to, Mm -hmm. I think you made a comment before where you wanted to just start speaking because you felt like you should be speaking on spirituality. You should be speaking about this. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. You're speaking because you know that this is what, you know, we speak about what we know exactly and help others heal their lives and help them in their own lives through what we struggle with the most. And so you overcame addiction, you have overcome so much. And now that is your expertise. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's yeah, it's great. When it comes to wanting to share our stories and to share ourselves, it does mean we have to bring other people into the picture as well. There are other people that were part of that time in your life. And so you don't want to step on any toes. Mm -hmm. I guess my question is, how are you showing up fully? At what point did you realize that this is necessity? This is why I'm here to share my truth, to show up with this authority. And yet, how do you not let all of that other stuff get in the way? That's a, that's a great question, because that is definitely something I think about a lot. And that plays in a lot to what I'm talking about. So I, I, I took a public speaking course last May, right? And so I, and I learned so much in it, but I never really gotten a chance to share what I had learned and, you know, kind of my own natural dynamic to it. And I remember one day, this was like in May, I, I made three videos. Two of them were just kind of your inspirational, motivational videos. And the third one was like, I'm going to tell a story because it's kind of, it's kind of funny, but it's also, I think people who have drinking problems can really relate to it. Told it that video ended up getting 1.2, 1.3 million views. I had no, I mean, it was like my third video. I'm just going to post it, you know? And it was so rewarding because people were telling me you're really good at telling stories. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start, this is why I'm here. Anyways, I'm going to start telling stories. And as I start telling stories, some of the stories do incorporate people from my past 
who don't talk to me anymore, or, you know, we still aren't on good terms. And so the way that I show up fully to myself and, and to try to not step on the toes of people who I'm worried about stepping toes on is I'd be completely real as possible. I do not sugarcoat my part in it because in all of these stories that I tell, I, I was the one at fault and that it's not them. And so I do not skimp out on any details that you know could possibly be someone else. Now I still do worry about that though. Like if they do come, I mean TikTok is like a whole new world, right? Like right. I don't know. It, there's like a billion people on TikTok, but I don't know anyone who's on TikTok, you know. Yeah. And so I do still have that worry. And there's been this kind of gentle balance of like, okay, like is it time? I should probably, st- you know, I don't know if I feel comfortable telling these intimate stories anymore about my my ex wife or her mom who I was close with. And I posted one story up and it was a a factual story and people started saying, well, I can't believe your ex-wife and ex-wife did that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is not my intention. So I took the video down because it's not, that's not what I'm, that was not my intention. The video was, I was trying to show my fault and people were jumping on this. I don't know if people just wanted to come to my defense because I have Mm -hmm. a lot of people have been so kind to me, but that was the opposite of what I was trying to do. So it's always a balance, you know, of where, how much I want to tell because so much of what happened to me was in my prior relationship. And I do not communicate with the person in my prior relationship at all. They want nothing to do with me, which I understand that's their choice. So yeah, it plays in a lot. I just try to show as authentic and as real and as raw as possible with no sugarcoating. Yep. I mean, that's, that's really all it is, is when you're telling the truth, then there's really no misconceptions there. There really can't be. And the truth is, like you said, you were at fault. My next question comes into then, how do you overcome the shame of the past, the Mm. embarrassment of the past? I know you have humor. You have a lot of humor in your stories, which I love, but deep down, we know that shame plays a really big part. Embarrassment. I heard a lot of people, how did you... And I'm sure it's still something you work on, but mm-hmm. how do you move into this self-forgiveness stage where you, you can accept who you were back then? That was just, again, the facts of what it was and what happened. And so now how do you let yourself just release all of that? It's your, you're hitting on all the points that are very, like have been such a part of my journey, right? Like you're, you're talking about exactly the things that I have spent a lot of time on and, you know, I, for years in my, in my recovery, I, I still hated myself. I still had a lot of shame. I mean, tons of shame. I mean, I, I couldn't let go of the person that I was. Now I had this, I was moving forward and I wasn't in a process of never being that person ever again. So that allowed me to keep going. And, you know, I had a wife who I loved so much and I wanted to show up for her like I should, but I mean, those things gnawed on me for years and years and years and years. And they still do. Like you said, um, the part that changed for me was the process going into my spiritual awakening because I started having compassion for myself and I started to really understand that I'm not that person anymore. And, and I will always feel terrible about those things, but how much am I going to let that prevent me from helping people? If it's not going to keep me in a prison that doesn't allow me to hopefully get other people that don't do the same things as me. So it's a, it's always a process. And there are days where I still wallow in shame. It's, uh, you know, I try to feel the heel and, and, and let that process run its course through my body. But sometimes it doesn't, you know, you have to do that multiple times sometimes to get through that. And so I still battle it. But the part that made it worthwhile is once I started posting stories and really talking about the 
the dark parts of my past and hearing that people related to it and, and made them feel less alone. And thank you. I needed that today. Um, that alleviated a lot of the shame that I had because now I'm using what my shame did to me to help people feel less shame. And so when I tell my stories, my whole intention is to let people know that they're not alone. And when I see, and as much as it helps people, that's how much it helps me. I mean, it shows me I'm not alone. I mean, I post the most random shit on my, you know, stories and there's at least like a few people who relate, you know, I'm like, no, right. thank God you're here, you know, like, right. so the shame is, is an ongoing battle, but the forgiveness, the, the, the working on that, that, that work really started after my spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think at some point we have to stop trying to make up for everything that we did. And you, you just said it really well, where you can't let all of that distract you and delay you from the work that you're wanting to do now. So when we are so consumed by that shame, so consumed by the past and that story and that version of ourselves, we cannot be in this present moment and be able to see clearly, what do I need to be doing? What mm -hmm. could I be doing? Like you said, to, to have the courage to post a video where you were at this really low point you were really not showing up in a good way. And yet somebody needed to hear that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, that, and that's, it's like the purpose of my, my message is to be a safe space to, to have people feel comfortable when they, when they see my face and to understand that, like, I am just some normal human who almost died because of his addictions. And I, and I came back from it. I want people to understand that too. I don't ever want anyone to ever get the perception and this is the thing i love about tiktok right is like a, a person can do one viral video and they'll get a million followers and they're just a person who works at you know a dunkin donuts you know what i mean and that's the real vulnerability of tiktok where instagram is this it feels i mean it's they're trying to do it less but you know it's like this what you're trying to attain where it's like you know you can be as authentic as you want as real as you want and that's the message that pays off in, in TikTok. And that's what I love about it. And so it's just made the whole process um, so cathartic. And I get messages all the time. Does, do these stories trigger you? I mean, do you go, do you, do you feel like, does it make you feel bad afterwards? And the answer is sometimes, sometimes it definitely does. But also it's like I mentioned earlier, it's the, it's the process of connecting with people. And, you know, I, I avoided talking about recovery for so long and I realized that my spiritual awakening, the process of it was a full circle moment of bringing me back to why I survived. Mm -hmm. And that it's like you said, I have an, it's like, what was my expertise? What's my expertise? So, you know, I don't, I, recovery. Yeah. And, you know, and so it's this really full circle moment of being like, okay, well, that's why I went through all of this. And I was just kind of, you know, circling around it and finally landed in it. And, and you do a really good job of, of saying, this is what worked for me. I'm not saying a hundred percent, this is, this is what would work for everyone. You take such good care of making sure that everyone knows that there's not just one way, mm -hmm. there's not one way to get to the finish line. And there's not even a finish line. I shouldn't yeah. even say it that way. But you I know, know what you mean. Yeah. There's not one, one rule of thumb here. And so I think that's so cool. And so what, I guess my question is what, when, or was there anything specific, like maybe a time when you realized, like really realized I'm on the right path here. I'm, I'm taking the right steps 
I love myself. I forgive myself. I'm making sure that I'm living a life with more intention and I'm coming from a place of love and, and service. So, so what are some ways that you started to really recognize that you were on the right track? So, I mean, it was very simple things, right? And, and I should categorize it by talking about like in a general sense, like on the self-love journey and that type of stuff, I'm on a downward slope of that. Like I even started a 21 day self-love challenge on my page. I, I didn't even, I didn't even finish it because it just felt too, <laughs> it felt too um, fake, And so I think, but I think that's another thing that brings, allows me to connect with people is because I don't have it all figured out, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm far from having it figured out, but just to get, to get to it, it was small things. It was small things. So it was just the idea the process of even being open to the idea of talking kindly to myself. I knew I was onto something then because that was impossible to even have that. Now the, the possibility of allowing myself to entertain the idea that I'm meant for more was another huge thing because I never felt like I was, I thought other people were destined for great things. My life would be good. And that was it. I started thinking, well, if that person could do it, why not me? And, the, and it actually resonated, it actually felt real. And, and the idea of still caring a lot about what people think about me, but not stopping me from doing it. Mm-hmm. Those were all things that were just huge transformational shifts in me because I'm, I, I don't want to say I will forever be because I've come a long way, but I, for the longest time was just this skinny to this day, this skinny freckled insecure kid who just wanted people to like him, you know? And that was the inner child that I still carry with me today, but to not get stuck in that was so transformational for me. That's that detachment that you always hear about. And you never really understand until you're living it. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's what it means to be detached from the outcome, to detach Mm -hmm. yourself from any expectations. And and that's a really powerful thing once you once you let yourself be open to it. And again, I just don't think that there's any way to to say how to get there. You just have to just let it unfold naturally. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, oh my gosh, so many things about, I mean, we could talk for hours. I just, I do want to touch on just this fact. I love that you brought up TikTok and the way that it came into the world where everyone is just able to just be themselves. And it's really about just expressing you. And, and I love that it really blew up during COVID when we all mm-hmm. had time to really reflect on ourselves and what we want. And as weird as you want to get, or as crazy as you want right. to get, as funny or as how sad or how motivating, whatever it might be. I speak a lot to this impulse of creativity within us. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. We all have an impulse within us to create create for this world, to offer something to this world. And I'm not talking about just creativity in general, where we're talking about the artists, the singers, all of that. I'm talking about every single one of us is creative. We all have something that can be expressed and something that we can give to others. And whatever that looks like, TikTok provided a platform to let people do it. And that's really cool to me. I I totally agree. And and, it TikTok was the first time I ever realized that I had a creative impulse. I didn't realize because I never allowed myself to do anything outside of what I thought I should be doing. And it's funny because creative impulse has been coming up a lot in my life and you're bringing it up now. So that's just another little nudge, you know, but it was like, uh, I was watching something talking about the creative impulse has like a shelf life, you know, you need to act on it or you'll, you'll miss the opportunity. And 
like a couple days later, I had this creative impulse and I literally could not sit on my couch without doing, it. I was hanging out with my wife. I was like, I, I, I have to do this or I'm going to lose it. And it was just really cool. Cause I'd never, I, I I've had a lot of those since I got on. And it just shows me that, that my creative impulse is showcasing because I'm utilizing what I should be doing. If that makes sense yeah. before I was just hiding it. So I never had the impulse or it never sure. allowed to come up. And, there, and momentum comes from taking action. People mm-hmm. think you have to be motivated to take action. First, you have to take action and then the motivation to continue comes. Mm-hmm. And so that's really all it is, is, you know, the more that you do it, the more you're going to have that, you know, desire to keep doing it, mm-hmm. which is awesome. So I know there's so many more things that we could talk on. I think we touched on some really important parts. And again, I want to get back to, you know, my kind of mission as of late is, is really honing in on the process of healing and helping to really talk about some really specific like techniques and tools that have helped you. So I know for you, a big one was asking for help, checking into the inpatient, spending that 13 months in, you know, the recovery. And so what are some other things that have you've been maybe even using as of recent or over the past few years? What what sustains this healing for you? What sustains you in your everyday, day-to-day life? You're a dad, you're a husband, all of these things that you have on your plate. How do you manage all of this? So that's another great question. So I'll, I'll tell you what was the my go-to for maybe like almost two years. And it's, some of it sounds cliche, but honestly, like an af- doing affirmations was very important to me. I didn't believe in affirmations before, but they were something that I would do every morning. And it was me forcing myself and then slowly kind of being okay with saying something nice about myself or that I'm worthy of more. And, you know, a meditation was a huge thing for me. Uh, and then what was the other one that I was going to say? Oh, and a gratitude list. So a lot of the cliche stuff, right? And a lot of it is cliche because it works. Like I, it worked for me. And so what's been interesting about it though, as I, you know, as time has gone on, I've, I've, I've hurt my back a couple of times. I've had, you know, we got COVID in the house. There's been these things where I get out of these patterns and I feel it. Mm -hmm. I feel it a lot. You know, I used to wake up for almost two years every day at 5 a.m., and I would exercise, I would do a gratitude, I would do my affirmations, I would listen to a podcast about spirituality. And I don't, I don't do that anymore right now, because I've gotten out of that routine. But it was just these little acts of being kind to myself and showing myself a little bit of self love that were huge, that were huge to me that allowed me to sustain it. And now that I've kind of stepped away, that's why I'm talking about I'm kind of on this downturn right now. Because now I'm, I'm, I'm not waking up early. I'm getting woken up by the kids instead of on my own time. And that frustrates me throughout the day. And so it's just, it was, it was, I hate to say it, but a lot of the cliche things you hear about from spirituality, I jumped into those and they worked for me. And setting yourself up for success and making sure that you are noticing when it might be time to pull that tool out of the toolbox. and Mm -hmm. And so you have this amazing podcast, you have this amazing platform on TikTok now, and you share that with your wife, which I love. And I'm curious, as a father, 
navigating this world is hard for us, even as adults. And, and I'm not a parent. I just love empowering children in any way that I get the opportunity to. And I love hearing how others are doing that with their children. So what are some ways that you're helping? And, and I'm curious too, in what ways are you sharing your story and your background with your children? I don't know how old they are. So, so maybe like, how are you planning to kind of share your background with your children and just really show up authentically, even in that family? aspect. Yeah. So, I mean, my wife and I made a decision from very early on that we're going to be honest about what's going on. Now we weren't telling them about our past when they were two, because they wouldn't understand it, but you know, it is something that has definitely been coming up. So our kids are seven, five and two. And so our seven-year-old it's becoming, he's asked questions. I can't believe the things seven-year-olds know already. I mean, it's like blowing my mind. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we do, we do talk about those things and one of the, and, but it's not like a lot. We just let them know mommy and daddy were sick because of drugs and alcohol. And we don't do those things anymore. And it's, you know, it's very important to be, you know, aware of those things. So we don't shy away from the conversation. Of course, I don't, tell my kids I tried to off myself, you know, oh, I don't know yeah. if I'll ever, I don't know if I'll yeah. ever bring that one up. I don't mm-hmm. think they need to know it, but we definitely, we, we, we want them to know what we've been through, what mm-hmm. we've persevered. And so one thing that's really uh, is very important for me, for my children is to, to tell them to, when I hear the words, I can't do it, or this is impossible. Like those words, I, w- I don't let those slide because I've words are too important. Now they'll keep saying it, but I I, I always let them know. And this has been a huge lesson. If, if, if you think that it won't happen, it most likely won't. Mm -hmm. So you need to be open to the possibilities because I was such a a glass half empty type of kid. As I got older, my glass somehow kind of turned that around in a lot of circumstances. And I really want my kids who their go-to is that it's not going to work out. It's not going to happen to, to reframe that. That's very important for me. So I, I do that a lot. And now another thing is emotions very important for kids to understand that everyone has emotions, including their dad, including their mom. Sometimes we'll raise our voice. Sometimes we'll do this, but that this is a natural process in the way to, you know, in the way to handle those after you have them. You know, I, if I behave in a way that I I'm not proud of, you know, I always will go up to my children and apologize to them. And I want them to know, you know, adults make mistakes too. And, you know, and, and, my parents were amazing, but it was just a different time. I didn't have that when I was, when I was younger. I'm, I just turned 42. I grew up in the eighties. It was much different, you know, and I was very loved, but there were no apologies after a freak out. So those are things that are, are really important to me. And let me just preface this too. speaking TikTok content creation, but I'm primarily a stay at home dad. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I mean, there's nothing harder I mean, the stressful being in, you know, hospitality and, you know, it's just, it doesn't even come close because it's just, it is every emotion and need sometimes all at once, you know, and, and sometimes it's unrelenting. Sometimes it does not let up. And I've never, I mean, I've had plenty of days where my wife comes home from work and I'm basically crying on the couch. So it's hard. It's hard. So these lessons that I try to give to them, I'm also trying to give them to myself because there's a lot of process of me. I'm trying to figure this out too. Sure. Sure. And I think it's hard. I think it's interesting how you had this background of really a a pretty stable home. If I'm, Mm -hmm. if I'm understanding like a pretty stable home life, some security there and yet you still found yourself into this life of addiction and these feelings and beliefs of not being good enough and all of that just deep 
what, what would you say the, the biggest narrative that played out for you was then? Like for as a kid story that was playing for you that, oh that, that i had addiction or through those years oh that i had to change myself to get people to like me that mm-hmm. uh you know th- that in a lot of ways i was unlovable as who i was okay. so i couldn't be that person i mean i was the ultimate shapeshifter through you know middle school junior high all those times so i just never i was just never myself so that's what that's the story i told myself is that i needed to change myself to get people to like me okay yeah and then i assume as a father you're again trying to instill these things into your children of it's okay to be yourself it's okay to feel whatever 100%. you want to feel and do whatever you want to feel and there's some frustration there when they're not maybe understanding that yet I, I I'm just trying to think of an example again no, that's mom but I know even with my nieces and nephews I stress so much and I worry so much about what they're taking in and what mm-hmm. they're consuming and what they're uh what what they're forming opinions about and what's that opinion of themselves. And that's so important to me to empower them to know that you can be whoever you want to be, you can do whatever you want to be. You just have to believe in yourself. And sometimes Mm -hmm. when they brush it off and again, of course I'm that crazy aunt who's into the woo woo and what is she (laughs) talking about? Right. To them right now. Yet I know that maybe some of this is going to stick for them in 10 years when they're, you know, 20 years old, maybe they'll start to understand what I was saying. And, and I, I guess it can be frustrating when they're not picking up on it quite yet but as you know and as you've learned and as I I do in my work we know that it could be as small as one sentence when you were yep. three years old that you pick up on that changes the course of your life the direction of your life and so you have to be cautious you have to be noticing those things and be a little bit on alert when it comes to that with children yeah I mean it's so true and in, in, in my biggest trigger i guess it non alcohol drug related right. is my, my and i don't I, I don't want this to come off negative so i just want to explain it is is my so, my oldest son watson he's 7 and he is me in every way possible yeah. when i was 7 um, mm-hmm. you know very takes things on he's very he gets he's uh very like emotional you know all of very insecure and so when i see that my first instinct is to be triggered by it and to just make him not be that way because i know where it led me and so and my wife is always talking about it i mean we are we don't look alike but our souls match you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. he has been sent here to teach me and i've and you know and and, and vice versa and so that's the thing that that's difficult. Like you said, is we, they always talk about, you know, whether it's that one sentence that changes your whole trajectory, or if you're just, I, I, I battle with that, or if it's just something like a genetic thing that you're born with, because he has been raised like I was in a very loving house, mm-hmm. family, you know, a wide net of family who completely loves him, yet he is so insecure. And he is, he's so fearful about what people think about him. And my whole intention is to, was to always tell him to not worry about those. And I did that. But we're still at a place where he is still very concerned. So that's that stuff is, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a it's a I just I, I, I can catastrophize where I, I'm like, well, this is what led me to almost killing myself. I, you know what I mean? I go all the way down, you know, another yeah. 20 years. So you also have to remember how resilient children are just as much as they're picking up on maybe some of the negative things. They are also picking up on the other things. And I do think some of it really is wired into us. So he maybe just is. um his tendency is to Mm -hmm. be a little bit more negative and insecure. And yet that doesn't mean that has to be his story. That doesn't mean he has to let that, you know, define him completely. And so, so it's important to know that just by you 
doing the best that you can. And this comes, you know, not even into children anymore, but just in, in what you're doing in your work and through your videos and all of that, it just simply all we have to do is just show up, demonstrate and just be that example and, and just know that the right person is going to see that video or the right person is going to experience something and pick up something. Even for me, when it comes to, you know, my healing and and my transformation that I've gone through over the past few years, there was information that was given to me even prior to all of that. Even before I was living in my car, I knew some of these things. I just didn't actually know what it meant to live them. Totally. So once so it's okay to just gather all this information. And then later in life, we might realize, oh, that's what that was about. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what that means. And it's like planting those seeds, right? That. Right. So it's about planting those seeds. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really all we can do. Yep. Yeah. Agree, agree. So last question. What is the power that you have found through healing? That I can start to embrace who I really am. The, the power is understanding that I am the person, like I mentioned earlier, who's been holding myself back in so many circumstances. And with, with that realization comes immense power because you realize that you're the one who's put yourself in this self-made prison. And once you realize that you can kind of start pushing those, you know, all those walls out a little bit and start kind of branching into yourself and, and understanding that you're worth it, right? Like just the fact that you're a human on earth, makes you inherently worthy to pursue what you want to pursue. And the the healing aspect of it allows you to do that with clarity and allows you to do it with love and allows you to do it with compassion. And of course that, that is a, for me, an ongoing process, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's what I would say. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing everything and just being such an open book on here and through everything that you do. And and it means so much more than you can even see yet. And you're just starting. That's what's so great is you're really just starting. You're at the tip of the iceberg and all of this is just going to transform into so much more mm-hmm. in the future. And I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much for having me on. I had a great time. I, I can tell I had a great time because I'm sweating, which means I <laughs> talked a lot, which means I enjoyed what we were doing. So yes. thank you so much for, uh, for the invite. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening. This was such a powerful interview. I just had such an amazing time speaking with Cody. I hope you got so much from it as well. Remember, you are not alone. Remember, you are here for a reason. You are loved. You are worthy. You are deserving of a life that you love. And if you feel like less than, if you feel like you're not understanding what your purpose is, why you're here, what's the reason to wake up, please please seek out the help that you need. If there's anything that you feel like I could help you with, please don't hesitate to email me, message me, Facebook, Instagram. I'm here for you. This podcast was created to help you to feel empowered, to feel like you are not less than, to make you understand that we can create meaning for our lives and that you are inherently worthy, like Cody said in the interview, You are inherently worthy just for being here, just for being a human being on this earth. So please go out there today knowing that you are loved and that there is so much power to be found through healing.